joining me uh, all the way from Pakistan. Now, that's not what people would imagine where you're coming from. I know. Right? <laughs> is Vladimira. She's the co-founder of Neem, uh, which is a startup based out of Pakistan, operating currently only in Pakistan. Only in Pakistan. Right. So welcome. Thank you very much, Arjun. Pleasure um, to be here with you. Thank you. And I have to say, welcome to the yellow table, as I've <laughs> coined it now. It's very yellow. I think we color-coded really <laughs> yeah, nice, exactly. so all good. Well, there you go, right? I didn't think about it that hard, though. <laughs> so, Vladimir, uh, this is not going to be about the journey of me. Mm. This is going to be the journey of you, right? And I'll, I'll open up this conversation like, you know, two people sitting on a coffee table. I'm sorry, I can't serve you coffee. And, and someone told me that, you know, you're sitting across the table of someone who's a founder. Mm. Um, so the question is very simple, right? So how did this entrepreneurial journey all start for you? Mm. Where are you on that journey, right? And then if you could sort of spice it up a bit, uh, not suggesting that the first two bits aren't spicy, is talk to me about a couple of instances or more events, milestones along that journey, which have sort of shape the entrepreneur that you are got it you said you'll start easy and you gave me these three massive questions in one but you know you can you can think about all of them while you're answering right i've heard yeah, women yeah, are yeah. good at multitasking <laughs> okay so my journey with entrepreneurship started in um i would say serendipitous place um so i come from a family of engineers okay uh, none of my sort of ancestors ever been entrepreneurs before. So it wasn't something that I thought about when I was thinking about my career or professional growth. Um, and I think I'll combine your first and third question Go because the, I think the combining patterns of my journey to make me a founder of Neem in Pakistan, which indeed is quite odd. It still raises eyebrows for people when I meet them is a um, number of maybe myth that I was able to break on my journey All right. or barriers, whatever you want to look at it. Um, and I think it started with the sort of ancestral family ties and expectations where engineers expected me to become an engineer. All right. And I said, I'm not going to do that. So you're not an engineer. I'm by not an engineer. Okay. I'm a human rights uh, master's graduate. Okay. So very different still from per entrepreneurship. Per perfect degree for entrepreneurship. I mean, in, in a way it is. Uh, and you will see how it, and I'm how gonna it ask you got why. me there. Yes, uh, indeed. Um, I didn't see it then, uh, however. Um, so one was... I think this ability to break from the expectation of what for a lot of us can be quite heavy, which is really the background where you come from and the family and sort of your home environment. Um, I think the second myth on that journey was that what you study, you have to sort of progress or be in your professional life. Um, I think that's a myth that I'm trying to break. And in my conversation with people, whenever I meet them, I say one of the big ones. Um, what do we know when we are 19 years old? I, I, I mean, I'm curious that your journey is probably similar. I, I'm a lot older. I still don't know. <laughs> do you know what you wanted to be when you were 19? Oh, God, no. My memory is too hazy. Oh, okay. I, I, I think that's an excuse. But um, so I wanted to go towards diplomacy. Uh, I think it was a sort of a glamorous pathway. Um it was, it was interesting, great learning, but on the way, I realized that it was very far away from what I was truly passionate about, which was looking on how you can drive impact at scale. And at that time, in my early 20s, I didn't know that actually technology could be the enabler or a platform. 
but I think I was curious enough and I had enough of guts. We used to say balls, but you know, I'm a strong feminist. So I'm not going to say that. Um, enough curiosity and open mind to actually say, you know what, I have this career letter ahead of me, which was quite glamorous in the human rights space and public policy. And in my around 25, I said, what the hell? I don't know if we can swear on this podcast, but we'll cut it if not. And I said, let me sort of enter into innovation tech space. And I think the reason was because I was really attracted by the people who I've met, who were building solutions. They were working onto something very, very real. And I said, when, if not now? So that was sort of a second myth. There's a number of others that led me to be a founder in Pakistan, but maybe I'll pause here. If no, you but I think, no, no. But so so I, I want to come back, but I do want to hear a little bit more about the Pakistan angle because I, sure. I want to I combine a few of these, right? Because to me, that's kind of the biggest step in mm. my humble opinion. Mm. Maybe you disagree with me, mm. right? So, so talk to me a little bit about how you arrived in Pakistan. Yeah. And then I, I've got a couple of questions that I've, I've got on the back of my mind. Okay. So when I was arriving to Pakistan, I already worked in tech sector for about, I think eight to 10 years, I was, I knew I was curious and passionate about emerging markets. I never had Pakistan on my vision board. Um, when the opportunity came, I was actually asked to be an advisor to come to Pakistan. Um, and it was really with this sort of open board of like, do you want to give it a chance? Um, and I jumped the ship again. I think that that's something that's very common for me is that when I feel it in my guts, um, I'm ready. Uh, so I did. I came to Islamabad about five years ago. Um, I was afraid um, because I was called to do a project with one of the biggest mobile wallets. And they called me in to actually help them think about how to scale and how to think about company culture. And I say, what do I know about scaling a company culture for people and communities in Pakistan? I'm a white European woman. Yes, I have some experience across emerging markets, but um, it felt, again, sort of paradoxical in a way. Mm -hmm. But I think what helped me, Arjun, was that I tried to come with the humble mind of saying, look, I have some global experience. This is what I'm coming with. I put it on the table. I think they saw me as an equal partner. So my counterpart at that point in the business was like, I like this. I can be your sort of localization partner. You give me what you have. I'll open the doors and we'll do this together. So it worked. It did. But so I'm going to go there. I, I think you, you, you're not giving yourself enough credit, right? Because that, that's what I really wanted to hone okay. into, right? I wanted to hone into because, see, at the end of the day, you know, we make founders and entrepreneurs to be something, you know, different. We're all humans, by the way, right? And, 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 and. Even our entrepreneurial instincts, our habits are deeply sort of, I believe, rooted in the value system that we grow up in, right? Or, or the education that we are imparted, the environment that we are mm. in, right? It's very hard to, you know, pull that off, right? Remind me, where do you come from? I come from Slovakia. There we go. Slovakia, Five right? million in the middle yeah, of Europe. Right. Uh, you know, I, I've been to Bratislava a few times. There you go. Right. So how do you take mm. that, that sort of, it's not a bad mindset. It's a different mindset of being from Bratislava, 5 million, middle of Europe, right, to Pakistan, 300 million people. You know, at best days, it's in chaos. Bad days are <laughs> very chaotic, right? So what deep down, right, did you have to dig in? Because it can't just be that, you know, I went with an open mind. There's got to be more to it. I hear Some you. No, but thanks for pushing me. Um, I think it's number of points. 
I think I'll start at the fact that people think that those two parts of the world are more different than they are. Okay, that's interesting. So that was interesting for me as well. I felt a strong sense of belonging very early on. Okay. I think it was related to a value system, which you mentioned, of the environment that I grew up and was raised in, in Slovakia, which was very related to nature, community-driven. I found a lot of that in Pakistan. And also people were very curious, so they welcome me with open mind. I live in other p sort of parts of the world where people did not welcome me with open mind. So I think that helped immensely. Okay. So that was one. I think deep down, I had some sort of a craving early on. I started seeing myself probably in my early 20s as a global citizen. Mm -hmm. And I felt that... I felt that Slovakia was too small for me. And this is in no way belittling the impact you can have in your own communities or in 5 million Slovakia. But I felt that my own personal calling was actually in connecting the dots and worlds which are not naturally connected. I don't even think, Arjun, that my role in life or calling is to drive financial wellness in Pakistan, even though that's what I'm doing today with my co-founders. I feel my overall role is actually be potentially the bridge and maybe be inspiration for others to connect those different worlds which don't talk to each other. So whenever I go back to Europe, the conversation I have are about Pakistan, about the culture, and I am trying to open mind for people and to say, hey, go beyond the headline. Don't read the bad news and the bad PR. And I see how it opens curiosity for people and then they deep dive and we go into more human levels. So I think that's what I felt maybe was something that was really driving me deep down there. And oh, I landed in Pakistan. And I and I do I do I do I do agree with you. I'm not an entrepreneur by any stretch of the imagination, but one thing I do share in common with you is that uh, I've genuinely lived a global life from everywhere in this very city in Singapore to, you know, the U.S. and uh, uh, spend years in, in Europe and, and Middle East and, you know, so on and so forth. So so here's a question, right? So there's there's an evolution of Vladimir, yeah. right, over X number of years. It doesn't matter how long, right? What have been the key building blocks, right? So mm -hmm. how have you evolved because it's not about being better or worse right how have you evolved right how are you a different person today than you were five seven eight ten years ago i think five seven years ago i was much more afraid and um of making the bigger jumps and i was much more caring about what people think about me um, and how their expectation or their opinions are shaping my journey i think today Thanks God, or thanks also to myself and to the hard work um, for more freedom that I sort of gained on that journey. So today I was able, it's one of the other myths is that you, or it's hard to build a business with your life partner. That's another one that I'm living. So I'm building my business with my husband and with my life partner, which is an amazing journey. It's tough at times. Um, I don't think I would be able to do this seven years ago. So each one of those steps that where I sort of freed myself, which was linked to a deeper self-knowledge. And I think also gaining a wider perspective of what really matters. Uh, maybe a little bit of connectivity with mortality. Uh, I don't know whether you think about it 
in yeah. any points, you know, throughout your life and maybe on not daily basis, but I do quite often. Um, and I think it gives me ability to walk in a lighter way through life and do steps that feel a little bit more courageous and authentic, like living in Pakistan 85% of the time, building a business with my life partner, many other things. I'm going to ask you the hardest question okay. of the lot, right? Bring it and, on. And I, at least I think it is the hardest question. No, it's not a hard question for you. It's the hardest question for female entrepreneurs, okay. right? In my humble opinion, right? Um, I, I'm a father of two daughters. Uh, I'm very close to both of them. I grew up with multiple sisters. Um, you know, I, I've had no inhibitions of women in my entire life, right? And and it's hard being a woman entrepreneur anywhere in the world, hmm. right? Let's be honest, right? Let's cut through the chase. You know, it is hard, right? It's it's hard in the, even the executive world, right? Like I, you know, I look at, you know, various big companies, and you know, you look at boards, and there's like one yep. solitary person. You have made it twice as hard for yourself by going to a part of the world where, you know, women are still finding their way at a very basic level, right? Mm. And again, that's largely because where the society is evolving, right? Again, it's not a bad or a good thing. It is where it is. What entrepreneurial sort of, I guess, instincts are you holding on to, mm. right? To, mm. to be able to sort of come through on that? Because I, I, I would want other women to hear this. I think Arjun is a reflection of a privilege in a way. Okay. I think when I walk the streets of Karachi and I sit in the boardrooms with my other two co-founders who are, by the way, both of them are men above 50. Okay, so it's a challenge on its own. Most of the time in those boardrooms, like you said, I'm the only woman. But in that moment, I'm thinking about the fact that I'm a white woman, which already gives me a different privilege to, let's say, if it's a Pakistani woman sitting in the room. So I think Arjun, what gives me the strength to keep going it's a reflection of the fact that actually I've been privileged enough to take the uncomfortable path and potentially open doors for others because I'm able to see it around interesting. myself. It's interesting. Right? So, yeah, I think that's the, that's the true, true answer. But I, but I do reach out to resource. Um, part of that sort of resource for me is, for instance, other women entrepreneurs. So I do reach out to them and uh, have that sort of source of power and maybe sisterhood of sorts, of energy. Um, also, I'm very frank and open with my two other co-founders. I call them out on every little bit. Uh, sometimes they find it annoying, but I think it's very healthy for us. So, for instance, in a relationship with them, I don't have to think about the fact that I am a woman. But I think it is the, it is the privilege. It's a reflection of who I am and that in this, in this world, um, I've been given a gift of building in Pakistan, maybe opening up the doors for many others. Um, yeah, and that gives me the strength. Uh, I think that's a good answer, and I think it's, it's an honest answer. It's an, right? honest, it's an honest answer, and that's what my counts. Vladimir, thanks for coming in. Unfortunately, we're out of time, uh, but you and me know each other, and we can always carry on this conversation Absolutely. another, Looking another time over a cup of coffee. Uh, best of luck. And best of luck to Neem. Thank um, you very much. And enjoy the, the rest of the show here. They, they put up a great show every year. Absolutely. So I'm sure you Big will. Fan. And I'm sure we'll, we'll bump into each other as the days go. Thank you right? so much. Thanks very a lot much for coming Very much enjoyed in. it.